0: Financial Times in Delhi. This is FT News and I'm Jyotsna Singh. Blasphemy is an incendiary topic in Pakistan and it is at the heart of violent protests that claimed six lives on Saturday. Riot police fought with supporters of a firebrand cleric as they laid siege to an important highway to vent their anger against the country's law minister Zahid Hamid. To discuss the events I'm joined by the FT's South Asia correspondent Kiran Stacy. Kiran, Take us through the events. What triggered the violence?
1: Well, this all began about three weeks ago with a relatively, or what looked at the time, like a relatively minor event, which was the passing of a constitutional bill in Parliament. But one thing that was in this bill, or rather one thing that wasn't in this bill, was a reference to the Prophet Muhammad the government says by accident it was a clerical mistake. They omitted a certain set of words uh, which usually go into government bills regarding Prophet Muhammad. However, a group of Islamist hardliners believed that this was some kind of conspiracy on the part of the government and that they were deliberately trying to downplay the role of religion in the government. So they took to the streets and for the past three weeks they've been barricading one of the main routes between Islamabad, the capital, and Raul Pindi, the neighbouring city, They've made travelling between the two cities very, very difficult. And then this weekend, the whole thing erupted in violence.
0: The protests, as you said, have been going on for weeks and violence has engulfed several cities. Has the government been inept in its handling of the situation? What exactly went wrong?
1: There are a few things I think that went wrong. First of all, the government didn't know what to do when the protest first started and the barricading of the road first started. They could have sent the police in and tried more forcefully to remove them. They didn't or didn't feel able to. Then when the protest started spreading, they were unable to stop people taking to the streets in the province of Punjab, which is Pakistan's most populous province and is also controlled by the ruling party, the PMLN. And then finally, once things did start to turn violent, the government wanted or appeared to want the army to take to the streets to help clear it. The army turned around and said, no, we won't be doing that. Thank you very much. And instead negotiated some kind of brokered truce between the protesters and the government. So at each stage, the government seems to have miscalculated what it needs to do to bring an end to all of this. Why hasn't the military helped It definitely has been reluctant to intervene in the way that the government has asked it to, and there are two possible explanations as to why that is, or three. The most benign explanation is simply that the army made a calculation that if they went in, violence would only get worse and nothing would be resolved. There are two conspiracy theories about this, however. One is that the whole thing and the calling in of the army was done deliberately by the government, the civilian government, to try and create a situation where it looked like the army was using unnecessary force, and thereby weaken its image in the eyes of most Pakistanis, and possibly drive a wedge between the army and hardline Islamists, two groups who have become increasingly close in recent years. An alternative conspiracy was that the army was behind all of this in the first place, and deliberately egged on the protesters, ready to come in and save the day at the last minute, as indeed happened. So as usual in Pakistani politics, it's difficult to get to the bottom of who exactly was pulling the strings where. But what is clear that we have emerged with the civilian government weakened and the army strengthened.
0: Pakistan has seen several military takeovers and it's rare for civilian governments to serve their full term. What is your assessment at the moment? Is the country heading for army control once again?
1: Well, that's right. No civilian Pakistani prime minister has ever served their full term. Also, the country has been governed by military dictatorship for around 35 of its 70 years as an independent country. So military rule is not unknown in Pakistan. And increasingly in the last year, people have begun to ask is this going to be the moment where it takes control again? Earlier this year, we saw the ousting of Nawaz Sharif, the three-time prime minister, on charges of corruption. People thought that potentially the army was behind that and might, in fact, then take advantage of the situation and a vacuum of power to take control fully. The people that I speak to believe that is unlikely. They say that the current crop of army leadership is too savvy to launch a full-blown coup. They don't want to hold the formal reins of power. That would bring international condemnation, it would bring difficulties with their neighbours, it would bring increased scrutiny even at home. What they want to do is to continue chipping away at civilian authorities so that bit by bit they take over key parts of government policy. That might include justice policy, as we've seen over the last couple of days. But crucially, it may also include economic policy. For instance, what happens to Pakistan's currency? Or what kind of shape should the $55 billion agreement with the Chinese over the China-Pakistan economic corridor, what kind of shape should that take? The army will want a big say over that. So I think the feeling at the moment is actually there doesn't need to be a coup. The army is powerful and getting more powerful. However, with Pakistani politics, it's always pretty unpredictable.
0: Thanks, Kiran. Thanks for listening.